series called Whatever It Takes. And the whole point of it is about Jesus or about us doing whatever it takes to do, insert good thing here. And tonight I'm going to be continuing that series. In fact, I'm going to be finishing it out, which is awesome. It's an honor, especially because Isaac and I have been talking about this series since December, right? The end of December, we were on break from youth group and we were sitting in our bed and we were like, what is something that we feel like God wants to talk to our youth group about this next year? And this sermon is one of the things that have been in my heart since then. So this has been a long time coming for, for me. So I'm really excited to preach about it. Um, I just wanna start you guys off with a story. So I had this friend in high school, um, back before I met Katie and that crew, I had this friend and I'm just gonna call her Sam because I don't wanna disclose her name because she still lives in Butte. <laughs> Um, this friend named Sam was a hot mess. This girl, I mean, I'm not kidding you. If there was something that you could say she struggled with or was her sin or her problem, it's literally everything. I mean, it, it was one of those girls who struggled with anxiety, depression, she partied all the time, had a little drugs, she had problems with guys, she had problems with her parents and angry. I mean, she just had problems with everything. She would cut herself, she just had problems with literally everything. She was like a concoction of problems. And um, she became my friend. And <laughs> she was in one of my classes in high school and I noticed she was hurting and so, I asked her if she wanted to hang out with me after school, and she burned a lot of her bridges, weird, and um, because she burned a lot of her bridges, she had a lot of time. So she started coming with me to church, and she started hanging out with me, and you know, McKenna was talking about the different levels of friendship. Well, before long, she counted me as one of the people in her like really tight inner circle, and she would just tell me everything. I mean, everything, everything. And um, I just remember being up at like three o'clock in the morning. Have you guys ever been, for you guys probably Snapchat, have you guys ever been on a Snapchat call or a phone call with a friend at like three o'clock in the morning and they're telling you like all of their problems and you're trying to hold this person together at three o'clock in the morning and you are exhausted and you're like, trying your so hardest in your mind to come up with anything that they could take. You know what I mean? Have you ever had those conversations? Raise your hand if you've had those conversations. Okay, raise your hand if you were the one at three o'clock in the morning who was calling your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, this tonight is a sermon revolving all around that feeling that I had at three o'clock in the morning. Like, what in the world am I supposed to tell this girl? I mean, she, that night, was calling me at 3 a.m. to be like, I'm cutting myself, and I wanna keep cutting myself. Please tell me what to do. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so that's where this sermon really came out of. So if that's you, or if you've been on the receiving end of that, this sermon is something that you guys probably wanna pay attention to. This is one of those things that if your heart went bleep, that's me, that's me, that's me, this one's for you. 
Um, because let's be honest, in those times, those three o'clock in the morning times, you do not have an answer. I mean, your mind is running blanks, and this person is telling you stuff, and it's kind of like overwhelming you, blowing your mind, and you're just thinking to yourself, what am I supposed to tell this person other than, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, tonight I'm going to read you a passage to change your perceptive of what part of the story you have in your friend's lives. So if a friend has ever come to you at three o'clock in the morning, I want to help invite you into what your job is in that time, in the middle of the night, or when your friends, maybe it's not the middle of the night, maybe it's after school, maybe it's lunchtime, whatever, and you're on the receiving end of what am I supposed to do to help my friends, to help my family, work through these things that is kind of overwhelming and kind of tough to navigate. So we're just gonna start opening it up to Mark 2. So if you're up there, is that Gregory? Yeah, everybody give a hand for Gregory! It's Mark 2, 1 through 5. Okay, so I'm just gonna start reading. And when he, he is in Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was home. So basically, word got out, Jesus is back. And, there, and many were gathered together, so that way there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came, they meeting these guys. A couple guys came, bringing to him a paralytic, meaning something, somebody who's paralyzed, bringing a paralytic, um, where was I? Paralytic, carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof from them, and then they had made an opening. They let down the bed on which the paralytic laid. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Okay, so... When we read the Bible, sometimes it can be an over, a little overwhelming, so I'm gonna give you the Caitlin version of what's happening in this story. So basically, Jesus, who's the stuff in the Bible, the thing that everybody talks about, Jesus, he comes back to Capernaum, which is a place that he had lived, and when he got there, at this point, people were like, dude, this guy Jesus, he cleanses lepers, he does all these cool miracles, and so people are crowded around. He's in a house, he just got back, and the house is absolutely packed full of people. And I'm talking about so packed that even the doorway is blocked from people who are just absolutely crowded this place. And Jesus is teaching, he's like me, preaching, and then all of a sudden, um, the paralytic, the guy who's paralyzed, he has four friends, one on each corner probably, of a mat. So say that there's a mat here, and he's laying down on it. There's a guy on each corner of the mat who are carrying this dude to go see Jesus because they heard he cleanses lepers. They hear that he's doing miracles and that he's the one, he's the promised Messiah, the one that we've been waiting for, he's the stuff. And so these guys get there, and they see that there's like a monster crowd just absolutely inside of this place. And they're like, there's no freaking way 
we can get our paralytic dude to get in there. Because it's not just one of us snaking our way through a crowd. We're all carrying this big mat to bring this guy to go see Jesus so he can heal them. So instead of being like, well, I guess that's it, or maybe saying, well, I guess we'll just sit out here in the heat and just wait for a while, they decide to be crazy maniacs and hop up on this dude's roof and start just freaking digging. <laughs> they start digging. The way that they made the roofs back then is they made it oftentimes with straw and mud and they caked it on so that way it was sturdy. And so they just start digging through this thing. And I'm not talking about this little hole that they can be like, yo, Jesus. <laughs> They have to dig a big enough space that they can lower this whole dude in his mat down on ropes probably into, bam, right in front of Jesus. So they do it. And then Jesus is like, what is happening here? Here comes, oh, this paralyzed dude going down. And Jesus said, because of their faith, this dude's sins are forgiven. And he was healed also, sorry, for that, uh, <laughs> for that, you know, you know the end of the story. He, he was healed. Um, so I wanna talk to you about our place in our friends' stories. And I'll give you a hint, it's not the Jesus part. <laughs> our job in our friends' stories is to bring them to the feet of Jesus. Because let's be honest, when you have somebody that you know in life who's paralyzed, you don't have the answers. I mean, these guys, they didn't know what to do. They had this friend who was paralyzed and they were thinking to themselves, no doctor can heal him. This dude is screwed unless we go to Jesus. And so that's what they did. And if we're really honest, we would probably all recognize that we can't heal our friends. Whether it's physically, if your friend has like, a, say your friend you know, broke their ankle and now they can't do the sport that they wanted to do and they're like, my dream is over, I wanted to play basketball, but now my ankle's broken for the rest of my life, I can't do it. Or maybe it's depression or anxiety. I mean, I think that if you guys were all honest, you guys had at least one friend who struggles with depression or anxiety, right? or even anger, or just pain in their hearts in general. We don't know how to fix those problems. And I just want to give you guys a moment to recognize that it is okay that you do not have the answer. I feel like oftentimes you guys try to hold it all together, and we do. As humans, we see our friends struggling and we want to relieve it in some way. So we say to ourselves, I'll try to fix you, I'll try to help you. But this is the problem, is that we are not a savior. And so that's kind of really what I, what I wanted to kind of stew in tonight. And even if you think that you're pretty good at saving people, because some of us are in here and we're like, you know, I do a pretty good job. <laughs> a lot of people come to me for advice because they know I have my life together and it usually helps, but even if you're in that place in your hearts, I want you guys to know something, eventually it runs out. It does, it runs out. First Timothy 2, five through six says that there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, 
and that is Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Our job in our friends' lives, our families' lives, the people around us who are hurting, our jobs are not to save them. And if you feel like, if you feel like you've been trying to save people around you, I just really want you to feel released from doing that tonight. Because you're not meant to carry people through your life. And so, um, it's okay for you to not have the results, but I will tell you what your job is in your friend's story is the job of faith, is the job of faith. So um, your job in your friend's lives is not to have the answers, but your job is to bring them to Jesus. And that's what our jobs are as Christians in this world, is Christians in our families' lives, in the people around us who don't love him, who don't know him, who are paralyzed, because we have a lot of people around us that they're, they are just paralyzed. My friend, Sam, she was paralyzed. She had a hot mess, and she was so tangled up and wound up in her life that she was absolutely paralyzed from moving forward in her life. So how do we do that? How do we bring our friends to Jesus? You're like, dude, I know that that's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know how to do that. Um, well, the first thing that I wanted to let you guys know tonight is to just lay your own agenda down. Um, the first thing that these, par- that these dudes, these friends did, it was instead of saying, I wanna go listen to the word that Jesus had, which is not bad to want that, um, they decided to grab their friend and to bring him. They saw a need and they laid their own agenda down and they brought him to Jesus. And um, if you're somebody who is scared, I mean, it would have been very easy for them to be like, dude, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. But if they would have lived in that fear, their friend would have never been healed. And how many people in your life could have breakthrough if it wasn't for your fear? If it wasn't for your questioning on if you should say something, here's the deal. We were created to love God. That's what we were created for. When Katie was up there and Shaylin was up there, they were talking about that's what we were created for. And if you don't believe that, then I don't know what to tell you because that's what the Bible says, that we were created to love God. And so laying your own agenda down looks like laying down your fear. Another way that laying your own agenda down Um, looks like not talking about yourself when they're telling you about their problems. There are a lot of people here that when your friends tell you that they struggle with anxiety, they struggle with depression, they struggle with with cutting themselves, they struggle with stuff like that, instead of saying, God, what part do I have to play in this person? Here's what oftentimes I hear out of your mouths or I'll hear out of my own heart when people come to you with their problems. Well, I mean, yeah, I get it, but you don't know what I go through. How many times have you said that? Where you're, somebody comes to you with their problems and you say, well, yeah, you struggle with, you think you struggle. You think you struggle with depression. Here's what I go through every day of my life. You don't know what my family like is like. And we go through this thing in our, we make it about ourselves. We make each other's paralyzation in life about us. And that's not helpful. 
It's just not, it's not helpful. And so the first thing that I want you guys to get is that if you want your friends to come to the feet of Jesus, you have to lay your own agenda down. Um, Bring in others who also want your friend to have an experience with Jesus. You know, one man could not have probably carried this paralyzed man to the feet of Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, okay, Katie, stand up. <laughs> okay, get over here. <laughs> okay, you try to carry me. Over to Kevin. Go for it. <laughs> I don't even want to try. Go for it. Does this seem like a good task? Negative. <laughs> no, it's Charlie, don't don't start. <laughs> One person would not have been enough. That's what I want you to get from this. Even two people would have been difficult. Where Jesus lived was freaking blazing hot. Can you imagine having to carry somebody who is paralyzed all the way across town to find Jesus? They are dead weight. And I was trying to be as dead weight as I could. <laughs> so find people in your life who also want them to know Jesus. You cannot do it alone. Look at my face. That friend who Snapchats you in the middle of the night and wants you to carry their burdens, you cannot do it alone. You cannot. It is so difficult to have the weight of somebody's, I mean, people putting their suicide on you and saying you are responsible with whether I end my life or not, you are not meant to carry that burden. You are not, and you're especially not meant to carry it alone. So go to other people who love Jesus. Go to me, go to Katie, go to your friends around you who love him, and ask them to help you. Say, man, this person came to me with this information, and I cannot do it alone. That's all it takes to be able to bring somebody in who loves Jesus. The next thing is to be relentless in faith. The faith that the mat carriers had was strong, it was persistent, and it was inventive. It was strong. Strong enough to believe that Jesus set, was who he said he was. Did you know that the Bible is absolutely filled with promises about who God is? It's absolutely jam-packed, filled with opportunities so, sorry, somebody's knocking. <laughs> Hello. It's Jesus knocking. Come on in, you guys. Pull up a seat. We're talking about Jesus. <laughs> Knock down the doors. I expect you to go through the roof, you guys. <laughs> no, it's fine. Go ahead and sit down. Okay. Focus back, focus back, focus back. The Bible is jam-packed with promises that you can lead on and promises that you can share with your friends, right? 
These people had enough faith, and if you think that you have to read through the whole Bible before you can start doing this, you do not. You do not. That is a lie from the enemy that says that you have to be the answer of all things. You have to know it all before you can start sharing your faith, before you can start telling people about Jesus. The mat carriers heard a rumor about Jesus, and they started bringing people to him. That's the type of faith we should have, right? We hear a rumor about who Jesus is. We hear just a glimmer of, of hope, and our faith comes alive. And that's the sort of faith that we need to have with our friends. I mean, the, the lie that you have to wait and wait and wait and wait until it's just the perfect opportunity or until you just know enough that you can share your faith is just a lie because these mat carriers just heard a rumor and they went off of it. And so that's another thing. The next thing is that, um, the next thing is persistence. These mat carriers would not give up. They were willing to do whatever it took to get this man to the feet of Jesus. And I want you to assess in your hearts, and I don't want you to share this out loud, but just, Allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to examine your heart. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you absolutely persistent at bringing people to the feet of Jesus? And here's a few different ways that can look. Praying for them, praying for them. The New Testament talks about when Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he's writing to the Thessalonians, he, he shares this beautiful eloquency of love that he has for them and desire he has for them to, to know Jesus more. And you can just simply, if you don't know where to start, just start with those scriptures that talk about the love he has for people to know God. You can start there. And it doesn't have to look eloquent either. You can just say, God, you know my friend Sam has really been sucking. I mean, if I'm honest, she's really sucking, and I don't know what to do, but I know she needs you, God. And that, that praying for them, I mean, we believe here that prayer can change things. It changes things, and your prayers are not useless. It's just, it's not, it's a lie to tell you that they're going nowhere, because that's not true. They go, to, they go to God when you pray. The next thing that you can do is you can, t- just this weird thing, you can talk to them. <laughs> You can talk to them, you can bring him into it. I mean, when you know God, you, you have somebody telling you, well, I'm really having a hard time because my grades are really bad and I just, I don't know what to do because I'm just not smart. You know, it, when we love the Lord, that's an opportunity to share the love of God with people and be like, God doesn't say that about you. God says that he's numbered the hairs on your head and he's made you who you are and you have the wisdom of God that you can tap into and you can just start sharing his love with people. And so that's another thing you can do. Um, The last thing I want you to get to know is that the mat carriers were inventive. They didn't take no for an answer. I mean, what sort of crazy maniacs rip apart a roof to get somebody to Jesus? Maniacs, and that's what we're called to do in the New Testament. The New Testament is jam-packed full of people who just absolutely would not take no for an answer. And that is what we're called into as Christianity now. 
We are called into this love, this absolutely inventive. I mean, the Holy Spirit gives us such inventive ideas of how to reach people for the Lord. So that's the last thing. Um, Jesus revealed this man's deepest problem, and it was not paralyzation. Yes, that, that was a big negative, big negative in his life. But that wasn't the big thing that he needed. He needed forgiveness, forgiveness for his sins. And the thing is that when we have friends who struggle with anxiety, depression, etc., the outward expression of anxiousness reveals something inside of them, something that we do not see, but God sees. It's an outward expression of an internal need for a savior. So fighting the fruit of pain, shame, and sin without bringing Jesus, the only one who can free us, becomes a useless cycle with no solution. Meaning this, when you have a friend who comes to you with anxiety, with depression, with anger towards their family members, it reveals a need for a savior. They need to be saved out of that. I don't believe that we were created to just live with anxiety and to just live with depression and to live with anger, to live with hopelessness. We weren't created to live that way. I know the culture says that it is normal, but that is not true. It's not true. We weren't created to live with that. We are in need, desperate need of a savior. And those things that we struggle with are crying out for a savior. And honestly, we, it can come, anxiety, depression, all these, it can have so many different avenues of why it's there, and we don't know what it is. And so you trying to fight depression in your friend's life, you trying to fight anxiety, you trying to fight cutting, you trying to fight all these things in a person's life without bringing in Jesus, is, is, it's not gonna end because their answer is not in just a self-help book. Their answer is not in just trying to do all the right things and this stuff just goes away. They're in need, desperate need of a savior. That's bottom line what it comes down to. And you trying to fight this stuff without bringing in Jesus is useless. It just is. So Jesus is the end goal. You are not your friend's answer. And so if you have been trying to live carrying your friends, you need to recognize that they don't need you. They don't need you. You are merely the mat carrier. You've been put in their life by Jesus to bring them to him. So back to my friend Sam. Um, eventually, I ran out of answers. Because let's be honest, when we're the ones on the receiving end of that 3 a.m. middle of the night call, it doesn't stop if we don't bring in Jesus. I mean, and sometimes it takes a while for them to get it too. I mean, I'm not gonna say that you bring in Jesus once and all of a sudden, bing, it's better. Sometimes it takes a hot minute. But um, I ran out of answers. It got to the point to where the amount of times that this girl called me in the middle of the night, and I'm like, 
I'm a sophomore in high school, man. Like, I do not have all the answers. And I was just trying my hardest to muster enough information and try to lead her through things. And without Jesus, it was just, it was useless. I mean, it just, it didn't lead to any answers. So eventually I ran out of answers. I could never be there enough and I could never have enough of the right answers to make her okay. I mean, sometimes the lie is that if you would just be there enough, then they wouldn't struggle with this. If you would just help them enough and have the right answers, then they wouldn't struggle with this. But the truth is, is that we are not omnipresent. Bottom line, I mean, that omnipresent means all present, meaning there all the time. We're not there all the time. And we do not have all of the answers. Weird, we're not all-knowing people. I mean, and to put that kind of pressure on yourself is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that you could just be there enough that your friends wouldn't struggle. That's not the way it works. Why? Because there is somebody, their heart is crying out for something that is all-knowing, for something that is all-present, meaning they're all the time. Their hearts are crying out for that. And I'll, I'll, t- I'll let you in on a secret. God is all-knowing. God is always present. God is our help and our need. He is the thing that their hearts are really crying out for. So if you've questioned in your heart, well, maybe God just isn't for them, their hearts in that moment are crying out for God. That's what it is. And if you haven't recognized that when your friends want you to be all present or all knowing, that is what their hearts are crying out for because we were created for that. I mean, it's not that they're being needy, but let's be honest, we are needy. We are needy. We need a savior. We need somebody who is all present. We need somebody who is all knowing and it is God. Their hearts are crying out for him, which is good news. So I started to ask God what to do. It took me way longer than it should have. Way, way longer than it should have. But I started to ask God what to do. And every time my friend would call me, and I'm not kidding you, they would call me and I would see my phone and it would play peanut butter jelly time. (laughs) Peanut butter jelly time, you know that song? It would play that, it's like 3 a.m. and I'm like, oh no. My heart would just sink, like, oh no. But then I would say, okay, Caitlin, buckle up, baby, here we go. And I would just, like, before I answered the phone, I would just, yeah, you know, sometimes even let it go to voicemail. And I'd just cry out to God and be like, God, what part to play do I have in this person's life? And just giving God the first word and giving God that, what do you want for me to do? had absolutely changed the situation. And I brought in my mentor, somebody who I was meeting with every other week. I brought her in and said, yo, this person is calling me in the middle of the night. They are cutting, they are suicidal, and I don't know what the frick to do. (laughs) They were like, oh man, okay, let's handle this together. And that relieved so much inside of me. I mean, sometimes, our anxiety or can be caused just because other people are anxious and they're calling out to us and we're carrying things we shouldn't be carrying. And so that really did help me. 
So I think that that's really where I want to land it, but I did want to read a psalm to you guys. And when I read this, um, I just wanted you guys to all close your eyes. Psalm 34. One through eight. Okay, everybody close your eyes. Ian, close your eyes. I see you. Quinny? (laughs) Everybody close your eyes. Okay. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. God, I just thank you so much that we were not meant to carry people, that that is your job, and that our job is to bring people to your feet. And God, just like the the, uh, mat carriers, we want to do our job well. We don't want to make other people's pain about us. We don't want to try to formulate answers and make sense out of their lives without you. God, we need you. We need you to be our refuge. We want to pour our hearts out to you and magnify you and make our lives about you, God. We we exist on this planet and we've been put in people's lives who are struggling just to bring them to you because you love them and their hearts are crying out to you. God, I just pray that we would stand in the gap and we would do our job well tonight. And God, I just pray for anybody who has felt that they had to carry their parents' lives on them, who felt that they had to carry their friends' lives on them, who felt that they have to carry people that they should have never carried, and they're carrying them. God, I pray that they would lay them down at your feet right now. I just pray that in the name of Jesus, that you would release them of those cares that they should have never been carrying. God, I just pray that they would just feel that release right now in the name of Jesus, that they would truly let those people go to you because the truth is that you care about them more than we do. You care about them. And so God, I just pray that we would partner with you and that we would carry them and that we would be inventive, that we would be strong in our faith. God, give us strength. And God, I just, I thank you so much that, um, that you care about us and that you want us to be free of, of the pain of carrying people. And God, I just pray that, um, that we would really let that word sink down deep into our hearts tonight. In your name.